Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I'm here by myself tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this. But I am here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today is obviously a very interesting episode because I am doing it solo, so bear with me tonight. I've got a lot to talk about NFL football, playoffs. we got the college football championship, TCU in Georgia. I talk some Thunder basketball, and I even give Kyler a shout-out with doing my own hardcore casual UFC segment. So big stuff on the episode today. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We are available everywhere you can get your podcast, even on your Alexa devices. If you're bored at home, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Remember to rate, review, share this with your friends, your family, the lady at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, everyone that you're talking to. Let's share Burst Your Bubble, the fastest growing sports podcast in the world, probably. Thanks, guys, so much for listening and no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. All right, well, let's just get to it. Obviously, I'm doing a uh, solo podcast. It's the first time I've ever done this, so let's try to get through this together. I will start off by saying Kyler is not here with me tonight. But it is not his fault because I have been so busy and I've been bailing on him on episodes and I go to sleep early at night because I'm tired and I I haven't been staying awake for the podcast. But I got a text today and I'm going to shout out my buddy Aaron. He said, if someone doesn't burst my bubble in the next 24 hours, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, Kyler and I talked and I said, Kyler, I'm going to be putting out a pod tonight at Cole too. I told Cole this, um, Cole's still, you know, obviously getting back after all the stuff with the family. But I told Kyler and Cole, I said, look, guys, I'm sending out a a Zoom invite right after the football game. I'm going to post in our group chat. And if no one responds, Josh is doing it solo. So Kyler and I have been talking about doing this on the pod for a long time. If you've been listening, that if one of us falls asleep, we were going to do it uh, by ourselves. It was, I think, a uh, little bit of a threat and uh, keep each other accountable. This is going to be me starting it off. So if I miss an episode, Keller has all the right to grab a guest or uh, Cole has the right to grab a guest and just do the podcast themselves. So we're going to try to not let that happen. It is a uh, goal of mine from here on out to at least give you guys one podcast a week. So we're going to try and make that happen. And I'm going to try not to burst my own bubble on this. So thanks for tuning into the show. Let's get to a little bit. So what's been going on with me is I got a new job that we've talked about. I'm moving to Tulsa, so I've been working on getting the house ready to sell. I've been sanding and painting and moving furniture and just doing all the uh, homeowner adult things I need to do to be able to sell this house and move over to Tulsa and uh, get ready for the new job. So that's what I've been up to. And then last week, um, one of the reasons that I was not able to you know, get on a host of pod is because uh, I was on a cruise with the wife and some of our friends, um, and we had a Great time. It was a five-day cruise through Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean was a fantastic uh, ship. Adventures of the Sea, if you've never done a cruise, I would 10 out of 10 recommend the Royal Caribbean Adventures on the Sea. And if you've never done a cruise, I would strongly suggest to get the drink package if you're if you're an adult beverage drinker, um, because I don't know why you wouldn't. So we had some friends that went on the cruise with us. Uh, we were on the ship for probably 45 minutes and I think they were $100 down uh, just on drinks. It's not just alcoholic drinks. It's coffee and all kinds of stuff. Sodas and everything. But they were down like 40 80 bucks in 45 minutes. 80 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. It was ridiculous. And they said, maybe we made a mistake. And we'd done the math before we went on the ship. And I was like, if you get, you know, just a couple of drinks a day, you're going to get your money's worth. Well, Becca and I took it as a personal challenge to get our money's worth. I would say that Royal Caribbean definitely lost money uh, with us on that ship. It was a great time. We had the Wi-Fi package. 
they have two slides that even hang off the side of the boat a little bit. So if you're into water slides or just having fun, uh, I would highly recommend. Although there was an instance, I'm, you know, I'm not big on kids on cruise ships, but I had about a 12 year old walk up to me and try to grab my drink out of my hand and try to take a drink. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like back up kid. And uh, he never even said a word. He acted like I shoved him and like kind of threw himself back and then just ran away. And then a couple of nights later we saw him and, uh, this kid was, he was wild running around on this cruise ship by himself. I never saw his parents, never saw any adult with him and he was just running wild. So one thing I would say to watch out for is kids on cruise ships. Uh, there's a lot more on the ship. We went to a comedy show. No, we missed the comedy show. We had dinner that ran late. We had like four birthdays on this trip that we had four friends, three friends who turned 30 and the one who turned 27. And so a lot of birthdays on the trip, a lot of celebration going on. The dinners were great. It's uh, if you go to the main cabin, you get your dinners included on the cruise. We had prime rib, New York strip, fish and chips. Uh, I mean, pretty much everything that you could imagine we had for dinner at some point or another. Escargot, uh, shrimp cocktails, the whole night. So it was it was a blast. Great dinners. We had a waiter. His name was Mojit. Mojit. Uh, it's like mojito without the O is what he'll tell you. Uh, he was fantastic. Married the little Russian woman who could make a great, great Bloody Mary, according to Becca. Had a fantastic time. Highly recommend a cruise. I would do it again 10 out of 10 times. Had a blast with the friends. We went on an excursion in Cozumel, and we went snorkeling. Saw some beautiful fish. Saw like a three-and-a-half-foot, three-and-a-half-foot-long barracuda. Saw a couple of manta rays. Saw an eagle ray. If you don't know what an eagle ray is, look it up. It's like one of the big stingrays that has all the dots on it. And I missed the first one, and it was kind of close. Now, you know, I would have taken care of that thing in, in honor of my boy Steve Irwin, but it just stayed a little bit too far away from me. So I never never got the opportunity, but I tried. I, I tried. And whenever we got back, uh, one of our friends had annihilated way too many Caribbean breezes uh, sitting on the beach and sitting in the adult pool. So whenever we got back, we all just had a great time hanging out in the pool, talking, chilling, hanging out. Great time with the friends. Uh, but – they also had a balcony. I tried recording a podcast episode, but it didn't really work. It was loud, dark. Uh, you know, the drinks were kind of there. So I never had the chance to record a podcast on the ship. But here we are getting the podcast going. Switching past that. So now we're, you know, obviously into the new year. I was going to ask Kyler this, but I'm going to just, you know, tell you all my story. Um, you know, New Year's resolutions. I was going to ask Kyler what were your New Year's resolutions and have you broken any of them so far? Because we all like to make these New Year's resolutions that are short-term, but I found a way to avoid all of that. I do long-term year, year resolutions. So that, like one of mine is to do 36,500 push-ups. Instead of saying, I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day, I'm going to do this many by the end of the year. That way I can't fail one week into the new year because I've got 365 days to do all these push-ups. So I've kind of shifted that. I, you know, I'm going to lose this much weight. I'm going to bench this much by the end of the year. I'm going to be able to do these things. And so I've completely changed how we look at New Year's resolutions. And I would encourage you to do the same. You feel like you, uh, you know, you're not not accomplishing anything. You get to move forward with all your goals. There's still a chance that you accomplish those things in this coming up year. One of the greatest quotes I've heard is that if you have to, if you have to start a New Year's resolution, maybe you weren't doing the right thing to begin with. So, you know, this book right here, Atomic Habits, Kyler and I talked about it all the time. 
ink slowly increment, make your life a little bit better at a time. That's why we're on here doing the podcast, slowly getting better through time. I like to think, I think we've gotten a lot better since March of 2020. Now, now that I'm done rambling, talking about my vacations and my New Year's resolutions, um, I'm going to go ahead and get to sports. So obviously huge, huge couple of weeks of sports. I'm going to start with the first night on the cruise ship and the college football championship. So I don't think I know for a fact, no one on the ship took, uh, took Georgia to cover the spread. It was not good. We went up to the very top deck, uh, deck 12, sat at the, at the pool bar up there and sat in our chairs. Dinner was at eight. So we got to watch at six 30. As soon as the first snap happened and it was a false start, all of us knew. We we all knew it wasn't going to be good for TCU. Did we expect what happened? No, 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 no. But we knew it was going to be bad. We were still hoping that there was a chance to cover. We made it to dinner at eight, and none of us looked at the score again. It got it was so bad to the point where the next night, our buddy who you know game bets on sports a lot said, "I went an entire day without betting." My wife looked at him and said, "Didn't you guys bet on the national championship?" And he goes. Well, I don't count that. That game never happened. That's how bad this game was. Max Dugan never really got, you know, never got it together. Uh, you know, 89-year-old Stetson Bennett looked like he was 24 in his prime. It was crazy to see this old man out there just throwing stuff. Speaking of an old or a, a young Stetson Bennett, I'm going to switch to the NFL just real quick. Brock Purdy looks like a young Stetson Bennett out there. And playing in the NFL. That's how good that guy is. Brock Perry, I'll talk a little bit more about him later, but that's just a great comparison that I saw on Twitter the other day. Is, is Stet, Brock Purdy looks like a young Stetson Bennett playing football. Thought it was great. So Stetson Bennett, obviously, just a historic career at Georgia. Two natties, uh, you know, three years ago, no one knew who this guy was, transferred over to Georgia, making big plays, just got a ton of moxie about him. He doesn't really – He's not really one of those guys who's going to get all in your face and, and do all this. He's just, you know, got the confidence. He knows what he's got to do. He takes care of business. When you've got as much wisdom and age as an, as an 89-year-old does, you kind of see things on the football field that no other, that no other guy can. So you got to give props up to Stetson Bennett. The Georgia defense just did an incredible job of limiting Dugan and in in this offense from getting anything going. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it hurt or helped Max Dugan's stock in the draft, but I think – you know, Dugan's probably a third-day guy, you know, third-rounder, fourth-rounder, somewhere through there. I think he ends up getting into the league this year. A lot of quarterbacks announcing so far, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Uh, you know, the thought is that Sesson's going to go. Spencer Sanders transferred – or not transferred, but there's rumors he's going to Auburn. So a lot of stuff happening with the quarterbacks in college football. Um, C.J. Stroud is rumored, you know, all these teams in the NFL draft. And I'm skipping around a bunch. I've got notes, but hey, I'm just kind of going with the flow here. Once again, bear with me. It's my first solo episode. Uh, CJ Stroud, a lot of rumors that linking him to the Indianapolis Colts with the Colts trading up from the four spot to go ahead and get that, uh, get the quarterback of their future is what a lot of people think is what's going to happen. I think, you know, no matter what quarterback they get in there, they're going to have to do some improvements to the offensive line to get that offensive line beef back up. Michael Pittman's a great, Michael Pittman and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Great weapons in Indianapolis, but we got to be able to protect our, you know, the quarterback of the future. Get your franchise guy there. Uh, someone was saying today in the group chat, I'm in that CJ Stroud wasn't going to make it in the NFL. And 
me and someone else said, well, if C.J. Stroud doesn't make it, I don't know that any of these quarterbacks are going to make it because this guy is just as good as anybody that's coming out of college football right now. So he has just as good of a chance, in my opinion, to make it in the NFL to be somebody even, a you know, an above-average quarterback. An average quarterback in the NFL is not a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's got such a stigma whenever you call a guy average or that he's not going to be a, a superstar. It's not saying that if they're a bad player. You're still an average quarterback in the NFL. Look at Kirk Cousins, average quarterback in the NFL, above average quarterback maybe, but he's an average quarterback. He's Mr. Consistent, you know, predictable, tries to take care of the football, you know, that kind of guy. Uh, so CJ Stroud, absolutely all the potential in the world. Uh, Jordan Robinson's going to, you know, make some big moves in all of your fantasy teams to so look for him in those rookie drafts uh, this coming offseason, wherever he lands. I'm sure it's going to be a great landing spot for him. A lot of talent coming out this year. This should be a stacked, stacked NFL draft with all the guys who are coming out of college going into the NFL this year. So I'm pumped. I've got a bunch of picks and a couple of my fantasy football leagues. So it makes me excited to see all the talent that's coming out. Uh, that's really all I have in the national championship. So I'm going to skip over, and before I get to the NFL, I'm going to give Kyler the biggest shout-out that I could ever do because everyone knows that I do not care about the UFC and I do not watch the UFC. But two major stories that have come out of the UFC, John Jones coming out of retirement in the heavyweight, fighting through gone. The the betting lines have went from Jones is plus 1,000 to minus 110, I mean, it's going nuts right now. Let me see what the current line is. Dropping my charger and everything. I'm going to check what the current line is because last one I saw had John Jones as an underdog by, I think it was plus 500. So whenever my internet loads, I'll look that up. But so John Jones obviously coming back as a heavyweight. You know, he's going to make, obviously, I'm excited to see what the viewer numbers are for that fight because I think that that fight could break some records in – American television, just because everyone, or at least for the UFC, not American television, but for the UFC, because I think that a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing John Jones come back and what he's going to be able to have. Let me see. Let me see if I can find this fight. I don't even know when the fight is. That's how much I, you know, pay attention to this stuff. Jonathan Hill and Tashir are going to be fighting. All right. John Jones. Hmm, no, no, uh, no bets on Caesar for John Jones. That's okay. So John Jones coming back to the NFC or UFC NFC. Uh, John Jones coming back is a big, big deal. A lot of people are excited to see him at the heavyweight because he came up. Um, you know, we put on a lot of weight whenever he was training. Everyone thought he was going to be done, but here he comes. So the other big news that I have coming out of the UFC is Francis Ngannou leaving the UFC. You know, he just got up, you know, did not um, – Oh, John Jones' money line is sitting at about plus 110 right now. Sorry. Okay. Gone's a minus 130 favorite. But back to Nagani. Nagani leaves the UFC. I don't know where he signed yet. I don't think it's been announced, but the thought is that he's going to go somewhere else to make more money because the UFC wasn't paying him. Obviously, the John Jones camp is just hyping this up as a way for Nagani to get out of the fight with John Jones because everyone wanted that to happen. And the Nagani camp saying that he would fight John Jones any day, even if it was outside of the UFC, which obviously that's just a little bit of bait talk, in my opinion, because we know that John Jones is hooked to the UFC now because he's probably going to be the second highest paid UFC athlete in UFC history after the restructuring of the contract that just came out a few hours ago. So big time stuff for John Jones. 
you know, you have to wonder what Francis Ngannou, who he's going to sign with, what the contract's going to look like. I'm very excited about that. I also, nothing to do with the UFC, but there's my hardcore casual segment, Kyler. For when you're listening to this, I hope that you're proud of me. I don't know any of the fights that happened this past weekend, but I will share with you uh, all the highlights that I know as a hardcore casual UFC fan. So, uh, Jake Paul apparently has, I don't, you know, this is just me. Jake Paul apparently has signed or is wanting to fight. Oh, who did he? I thought it was Anderson Silva, but he just fought Anderson Silva. Maybe it's Francis Ngannou. It was Anderson Silva. No, that is false. Uh, Jake Paul, UFC fighter is what I'm going to look up here. I just saw this on. Francis Ngannou. Yeah, so he wants to do a, uh, he offered to fight Francis Ngannou and he wanted to do two fights. One was an MMA fight. And then like six months later, they would do a boxing match. I don't know if he's accepted, but I saw that the offer was floated out there. I would love to see it. Um, I think it would be great TV. Jake Paul, just a master at marketing and getting everyone to, you know, get the clicks and and watch, you know, watch them do it. So great stuff, great stuff in the fighting world. So that's all I've got there. Now I will switch over to the, uh, I'll get to a little bit of Thunder basketball real quick. Everybody loves Oklahoma City Thunder. There's been a lot of stuff happening with the Thunder. They've been playing great. They dominated the 76ers. The 76ers had a full roster to go along with them. So it wasn't, you know, I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder have benefited from playing teams that were not at full strength but they've won those games where the last few seasons we've still had to worry about them winning games when they're playing, you know, lesser opponents and the Thunder have been able to do that this year. So it's good to see a Thunder team that's winning. And I think it's changed a lot of people's attitudes on, on what the Thunder should be doing. A lot of people are getting caught up in the fact that we're starting to win games and they're thinking, and they're getting away from tanking, which realistically, I don't know that it's a tank as much as it is, we're just not, you know, we're just not there yet. We're not ready to compete day in and day out against these guys uh, when they're at full strength every night. I will say this Thunder team looks amazing. I, I just trying to, you know, tamper the expectation here and kind of, you know, take myself back from it because I've been hyping the Thunder up so much lately. And I just kind of, you know, had to look in the mirror, uh, you know, the past couple of days and say, well, they are good. We, you know, we look good. But we've still got a lot of retooling to do. I think the biggest question for us right now is whether or not we are going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Are we going to be, you know, getting somebody? Are we going to ship any of our guys? If I kind of think that we are sitting staying pat until we see something happening, like there's a, you know, the Donovan Mitchell situation where where there's a star out there that's unhappy. And if we could get rid of someone like Darius Baisley, who probably won't be back on the team next year anyway, if we can do that and, you know, we've got so many assets, we can make that happen if we want to. I don't know that we will. Uh, you know, Sam Presley is always going to be checking, always going to be seeing if there's a deal to be made. But he said it, you know, in the offseason. He said you can always, especially with the assets that the Thunder have, we can always hit fast forward on our on our rebuild. I don't know that we're the team to do that. I think I think that we kind of want to do it the long way. Mark Dadnault's been such a great coach. He, you know, I think that we're doing the right stuff. Josh Giddy just keeps looking better and better. Josh, you make me giddy every time I watch you throw an inbound pass. He's shooting the three ball. Dort shooting a three ball. Or you know, the team is the 
We're ranked number one in offensive efficiency since the beginning of January, scoring 120 points on every 100 possessions. So just, you know, the Thunder just lighting it up right now against these defenses. No one knows how to stop them. It's a young team that's just having fun night in and night out. These guys love playing with each other, and it's fun to watch. If you're a Thunder fan, let us know on social media what you think that we should be doing in the offseason. Are we buying? Are we selling? Are we staying? What players should we be targeting? Who should we be letting go? In my opinion, I think we need to be looking for a big guy that can protect the rim, We or we need to, uh, you know, one of the big wings out there that can shoot the ball a little bit because that's, you know, something that the Thunder have not ever really taken advantage of was the big guys who can shoot threes. We've always had the, you know, long six, six, eight, six, nine, six, ten defensive wings who have not very been, have not been very successful at shooting the ball from deep. And we've got to start to change that a little bit. So those are the type of guys that I would look for if I'm Sam Presti at the trade deadline. And, and a big part of that too is whether or not they want to have a chance to make that play in tournament or make the playoffs right or, you know, outright because the West is, totally you know bonkers right now no one knows really what's going on in the western conference you can't really rank it that well the lebron the youngest guy ever to hit thirty-eight thousand points eyeing the scoring record you know but hit you know night in night out that means just scoring 30 but it's not doing enough to win uh one thing i thought was funny was they asked luka Doncic if he thought that he would break LeBron James scoring title. And he said, I don't know, 20 years is a long time. I kind of see myself back on the form in Slovenia in 20 years. So uh, a little bit of a more simple times for Luca in the future is what is what uh, he would like to see. He's going home and uh, feeding the cows and the chickens and the horse. So would love, love to see those kinds of things coming from one of the best superstars in the game right now. Uh, the Thunder did beat the Nets last night too. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, obviously back in town, always good whenever we can beat the snake in the grass. Sorry, Tyler. Always wonderful when you can get that kind of a win. So with that, guys, I know this episode might not be as long as all of our other ones because it's just me rambling here, but go check us out on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I am on Twitter at jkeatno 22 Kyler is at Kyler012, and Cole is at J underscore Cole underscore Jackson. Obviously, the podcast is at SportsBYBP. Burst your bubble on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere that you can get us on social media. We are there. We're posting all the time, posting content, clips, everything, uh, polls all the time. I know Kyle is super active on Twitter, so am I. So go follow us on there. Go follow our fantasy football expert. Fantasy football seasons and tournaments are over. It, you know, it's no longer fantasy football season unless you are someone like me who is a fantasy football season all year round because of dynasty and if you're not in a dynasty i would suggest that you look into starting one because they are so much fun uh so if you're interested in fantasy football and you want to win you want to win your league you want to know who to target in the offseason what trades you should make was it a good trade a bad trade do you like the free agent should what should you be looking for in the nfl draft with these rookies for your rookie draft go follow our fantasy football expert shane at fantasy byb go follow our family over at unwrapped sports they do all kinds of live stream shows kyler and i make appearances every now and then we talk football baseball basketball they've got backstop banner they've got gen z sports they've got uh count the bucket all kinds of great shows that you should go watch live streams youtube twitter everywhere that you can watch those guys go follow unwrapped sports and with that I th- oh, and go check out Hochtown Axe Throwing. Bigfoot Axe Throwing down at Hochtown is the paradise in the middle of Hochtown where you can go throw axes, go watch sports with Kyler, hang out a little bit. Use BYB2021 for 20% off and have a great time down at Hochtown. With that, I will get over to the NFL. Huge game tonight. 
down in Tampa Bay. We'll start with Monday Night Football. We had the Bucks with Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I think that most of America tonight was split right down the middle. I think that you had the half of the people who were sick and tired of watching Tom Brady, who, by the way, has won every other Super Bowl since 2013 until now. This game started out very slow for Dak and the Cowboys. Everyone thought it was going to be the prototypical Dallas until Tom Brady gets down to the end zone, throws the first red zone interception he's thrown since he joined Tampa Bay. Not a good look for Tom Brady. Not a good look to start the game. Dak, first two drives, uh, 0-4, I believe. Uh, three and out on both of those. Didn't look good. But as soon as that ended, they just had an electric electric drive down the field. Dak rushes for 14. Dalton Schultz catches a nice, nice touchdown pass with Dak rolling out to the right. You know, it was just a great way to start for the Cowboys. And at that moment, you were kind of like, well, that was nice, but Tom Brady was just in the end zone, so let's see what, what happens here. No, end up punting the ball right back to Dallas. Tony Pollard looked like he had another gear tonight, looked like he had something to prove, and he did it. I mean, he was just running all over the place, taking care of business. Let me look, I'll look up, up of my uh, my stats here while I'm, you know, just ram, rambling on about these games. So Tony Pollard tonight, 15 carries for 77 yards. Zeke, not as not as efficient, 13 carries for 27 yards. Dak Prescott, though, 25 for 33, 305 yards, four touchdowns in the air, one on the ground, becoming the first ever Dallas Cowboys quarterback to have over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and one rushing uh, ever in the history of the Cowboys franchise. So shout out to him doing it you know, better than uh, all the guys before him tonight. A lot of people said this is the best that they had ever seen him play. CeeDee Lamb is just a tough-nosed guy. You know, the touchdown he caught tonight was wide open. Final score of this game was 31-14. Biggest takeaway from Tampa Bay that I had was, you know, we expected to see a lot of Rashad White, Leonard Fournette, and we're midway through the third, and they've got seven carries between them. And it's not good. Not You know, that's not – winning football tom brady ending with 51 52 pass attempts um 66 pass attempts at the, by the end of this game is not the recipe to success for a for as old as tom brady is i mean that's just not not the way you win so you know obviously they've got some things to figure out and i'm going to play a, a clip real quick from the press conference with tom brady tonight at the end I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. And I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through. And you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and the big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you everybody for welcoming me, all you regulars. And um, just very grateful for the respect. And I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. So, you know, a lot of people are taking that a lot of different ways. You can take it as you think Tom's coming back. You could say that that's a goodbye to Tampa Bay. You know, the question marks are one, first off, obviously, is Tom Brady going to retire last game uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is his last game in the NFL. Is he going to move to a different team? Is he going back to be with Bill Belichick? I 
don't know that I actually think he's going to go back to Bill Belichick. I like to joke about that with a lot of people, but I do think that we will see Tom Brady throw another football. I don't think that he's done. We, you know, we've seen the show before him and Aaron Rodgers both get in the off season and uh, we, you know, it just never ends. So I firmly believe that Tom Brady will be somewhere in, I'll give you guys a spoiler. Kyler's guess earlier in his, you know, thought was think about Tom Brady in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform playing with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and how electric that would be. So that's a, you know, one of the potential ending spots from, from Kyler's mind. I think one of mine would be the Colts. If they do not move up to get CJ Stroud, I could see them trying to make a play to get Tom Brady, but I think Tom wants to be in a, you know, nice place. He kind of wants to be probably on a beach or, somewhere warm but you know he's from boston or he played up in boston and in new england so he doesn't mind the cold but he's got a new girlfriend now rejuvenated i think that an off season getting his mind right you know obviously going through the mid-season divorce and all that was in the public eye that takes a toll on you and the family and your kids and you want to spend as much time with all of them as possible so i think that tom brady's going to take some time in the off season to kind of look at things and and see what he can do to make it better. So I, I fully expect to see Tom Brady somewhere where, playing football next year. I just don't know where it's going to be. So that's something to keep an eye on and see how everything progresses and changes there. That's pretty much all I have on the game tonight. I'm excited to see Dallas play San Fran next week. I'll do a full breakdown of that game with Kyler uh, here in the coming days. I uh, I did find this out. So our boy Deontay Epps, shout out Deontay. I asked this on the podcast Twitter for all of our uh, all of our Twitter researchers to go out in our extensive research team to do some work for us. When is the last time that the NFC, or when is the last time that any division had three teams make it to the divisional round? And the last time was pre. It was pre alignment. And it was the five-team NFC Central. In 1997, the Packers, Vikings, Bucks, three out of five teams made it. It is This is the first time that three teams are making it to the divisional round from the same division since the alignment. So it's a big-time move for Dallas making it here. Now they get a rematch from last year's playoffs against the 49ers. So we'll see how much better they've gotten in a year's time. And since I brought up the four, no, before I get into the games, I'll just go through a couple of uh, headlines from the NFL that we missed in, you know, in the last couple of weeks. I know you guys want to hear me talk about the playoffs, but bear with me. So Cliff Kingsbury gets the can. They give him the boot after signing a, you know, a 10 year extension for an ungodly amount of money. Uh, you know, he's still going to get paid. I, you know, everyone on Twitter was laughing that he was already in Thailand and partying with the money that the Cardinals were still going to have to pay him. No coach in the Cardinals organization has lasted more than six years in like 20 years. So, you know, they've been uh, maybe it's 30 years, but it's been a long time since anyone's made it longer than six years in that organization. Obviously, it was a down year this year. Kyler gets hurt. D Hop didn't play the first six games. I think that there was a lot going against the Cardinals. But you guys know that I'm not the biggest Cardinals fan like Kyler is. I think the defense is Swiss cheese. It's You know, it's been that way for a little while. Kyler Murray, you know, I hope his recovery goes well. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, Call, Call of Duty weekends getting played with the double XP. But I hope his rehab goes well, comes back just as spry and quick as he as he has been. But, he, you know, obviously an up and down season. A lot of that probably going with some of the contract stuff. You know, just kind of getting his head, everyone, you know, making the Call of Duty jokes, making the 
the short jokes all the time. You have to wonder if that's getting in his head at all because he, you know, didn't have a great year, but I'm sure. And that was obviously a huge part of why they let Cliff Kingsbury go, uh, go to Thailand and, you know, party while they're figuring out who the next head coach is. There's a lot of people looking for head coach right now. And Sean Payton is at the top of these, uh, a lot of these lists. The team I mentioned next has already met with Sean Payton and interviewed him. They've already talked to the saints about what they would pay um, for that provisional or, compensatory picks that they have to give to interview or to take on your coach. Uh, Lovey Smith with the Houston Texans. They gave Lovey Smith the can after Lovey Smith gave the Chicago bears their best victory of all time. The man goes for two at the end of the game to win uh, and knowing it would cost him the number one draft pick. And I'm sure that led to one of the reasons why he was fired other than going three 13 and one or whatever their uh, yeah. Three 13 and one was the record. So not a great year. You know, Davis Mills kind of pulled it together towards the end. First three touchdown outing of the, of the season. Looking good, but not great. You have to believe that Houston's either going to bring in a quarterback or they're going to draft one. So, you know, full and now they have the number two pick. So full expectations are taking a quarterback with that number two pick. So some big time moves could be happening in Houston. But Lovey Smith did get the can after one year. I think this makes like – two or three coaches in a row with a one and done down in Houston. They have no idea what's happening down there since Deshaun Watson, since the Deshaun Watson debacle. So obviously we're monitoring the Sean Payton thing and what's going to happen with Houston. Um, with that, let's, Oh yeah. Let's go ahead and get to the NFL. One thing I'll note from the game tonight too was, or last night when you're listening to this was I saw a commercial for a movie 80 for Brady. And it was a group of elderly women who were obviously fangirling over the Patriots. Tom Brady and Gronk make awesome appearances in the, and just in the trailer. Very excited to see it, but it was very puzzling to see. Um, it was. It just seems like a very strange movie. It's uh, it's a bold one, but I'm excited to watch it just to see what happens. Let me get a drink here. It's not as easy to talk for this long without getting a drink of water as people would think it is, especially after the week I had on the cruise. <clears throat> so here we go. Got my Bursher bubble cup. If you are, uh, you know, watching on Spotify or YouTube premium that we have, go ahead and, you know, send us that money over. We'll get you hooked up with YouTube premium uh, here shortly. Bursher bubble podcast. Got my uh, Tumblr cup. Merch is coming very soon too, you know, here in, in the next, uh, you know, month or so, a couple of weeks to a month, we'll have some, uh, different things, maybe a giveaway or some uh, pre-order sales that you guys can get a couple of pieces of merch from us. We're working on that. I'm just giving out all kinds of, uh, see Kyler, this is why you don't let me on the podcast by myself. Cause I'll just get on here and just start talking about kinds of stuff. Oh, I missed one. The biggest thing from tonight's game is Brett Mayer getting locked out of the Dallas Cowboys facility uh, to, today, whenever he tries to go in after missing the first three extra points of the game, had the Cowboys not been up as much as they were, this could have been a real problem. Missing four extra points tonight as a, you know, the line was minus two and a half. So he could have cost something real big tonight. Luckily they were up as much as they were, but it, you know, it was good or it was interesting note down the, down the end of that game, they did not go for a field goal on fourth down. So they went on at fourth and four and they ended up, you know, they got it, but it was one of those situations where there's no trust in the kicker. He did end up making the fifth 
and final extra point that he was asked to do, but it was not a good showing for Brett Mayer. A lot of people on Twitter calling for his head. I kind of think that it was a bit after the first two. He missed more tonight than he'd missed in the entire season, so I kind of think it was a bit and that the team was just trolling the Bucks and just daring them to try and score points to make it come back, knowing that they couldn't do it. That's my guess as to what happened. All right, time for me to burst y'all's bubble. Trevor Lawrence is not a top-tier quarterback. I've watched – I've listened to sports radio. I've watched – listened to podcasts. I've watched TV, and everyone is riding the Trevor Lawrence train big time right now. And I'm here to tell you, he's not that guy right now. You throw the four interceptions, yeah, he had a – you know, with a great second half to make the comeback, and, and they did win the game. But Trevor Lawrence is not that guy. Obviously, I'm talking Jags, Chargers. It was a hell of a game. Great game to watch, especially if you're a football fan. Had everything you wanted. But my guy, you know, it's just – it's not – it's not as good as what everyone's giving it credit for because of all the early turnovers. Next week, when you go to play the Kansas City Chiefs, if you have four turnovers, it's going to look like the Cowboys and the Bucks game tonight. I mean, you just – you're not going to get that many opportunities. Not very many teams are the – are the Chargers and the Chargers will charge her. I mean, this man, 28 for 47, 288, four touchdowns, four interceptions. You know, more impressive to me was Travis Etienne, 20 carries, 109 yards. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence is getting better. He's, you know, he's good, probably top 12 quarterback in the league, and he has a lot of potential, potential to be top five quarterback in the league, but he's just not there yet. And I think that we're hyping this man up way too early. He, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes. He needs he's getting better, but he's not this top tier quarterback. He's not in the same realms as realm as Mahomes, Josh Allen, not even Herbert, not Lamar, not Dak. He's not he's not in the same playing field as these guys. And I'm tired of hearing it. Sorry, all you Jaguar fans and Trevor Lawrence stands. I think that they're I think he's gonna be good. I think he could possibly be a great quarterback in the NFL. But he's just not there yet, and I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Sorry to burst your bubble. But getting to the game, heck of a game. Great game. Obviously, the Chargers go up, uh, what were they, 27 to 0 at one point, 27 to 7 at half. And at this point, everyone just thought the Chargers are about to win this game by 100. Trevor Lawrence is a fraud. The Jaguars are frauds. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And they, you know, they turned the round, the game around. I give a lot of credit here to Doug Peterson. the The game plan that he was able to use to get them to where they were, it, you know, they pulled off a uh, you know, like a fake Philly special thing. I mean, it was pretty nice. Travis Etienne, like I said, just a workhorse guy. I mean, he's just doing everything that he needs to do, getting what they drafted him for, or doing what they drafted him for. Um, Mike Williams didn't play in this game. He had fractured his back. He's going to take some weeks to rehab. So he was playing down him. But uh, Gerald Everett and Keenan Allen, you know, they came to play like they always do. Everett eclipsing that 100-yard mark. Justin Herbert goes 25 for 43, 273 yards and a touchdown, while Austin Eckler had 13 carries, 35 yards and two touchdowns. I kind of thought this was a situation where teams – and you see this so often now in the NFL. And I thought, I just think every time that we see it, that we're going to get past it, but it's the prevent defense, if you will. They, they weren't in prevent, but they just would run the ball up the middle and just hope for hope just a true clock and play defense. And the defense should be a lot better than it is, you know, Joey, Nick Bosa, whichever one it is. I, I never remember which brothers on, on which team, um, 
Jeez, he's far down. Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa had a horrendous game, you know, slamming his helmet, throwing a temper tantrum like a Jacoby Brissett did last year. I mean, just it looked like the scene from the longest yard when they swapped the guy's steroids for estrogen and it finally started to wear off and he just goes berserk on the sideline and he's just like slinging the Gatorade uh, jug around and just gets super mad. That's what, that's what Joey Bosa reminded me of. It looked like he was uh, – I think it was Kevin Hart. Yeah, not Kevin Hart. Uh, he was uh, – Oh my God, he was a WWE wrestler in the movie. Kevin. Uh, oh my God, that's going to kill me. I'm going to have to look it up. Wrestlers in the Longest Yard. But yeah, he looked like, yeah, he's just throwing a, a, tempest, a temper tantrum like a little kid. Kevin Nash. It looked like Kevin Nash in the Longest Yard throwing a temper tantrum out there. It was just disgusting. Hate to see it. Uh, a lot of questions about Brandon Staley's future, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. I think a lot of people are overreacting. Obviously, he does love the analytics, probably a little too much. He likes to go for it in situations. I'm actually a big fan of that. I love the aggressiveness. I love playing, pushing the game to the limits. I wish more teams went for two. Uh, I think that it would be a huge benefit early in the game. You score that first touchdown, you go for two points. Uh, I think it could really just change a game. Go for onside kicks every now and then just to throw teams off, catch them on their toes. Um. Uh, Christian Kirk looked very good in this game. I love to see the growth out of Christian Kirk. The My biggest question for him is going to be what happens when Calvin Ridley comes back on this team? Calvin Ridley has been posting all over Twitter saying that, you know, he looks great. He feels great. So I'm excited to see what happens. I also wonder how much money Calvin Ridley made on the Jaguars coming back and winning that game because there was a better that put down 1.4 mil on the Chargers when they were up 27 to zero obviously they did not win the game. He the bet would have only paid eleven thousand dollars, but he lost one point four mil on that bet, twenty seven zero at halftime, for I think it was the fifth largest comeback in NFL history. So there you go. Uh, next game we had the Giants versus the Vikings. I called this game on Twitter. I, I called Kyler and told him this. Uh, I had originally thought about picking the Vikings, but I just. I saw what time the game was, and I realized I couldn't do it. I could not bet on primetime Kirk, and boy, was I right. Uh, primetime Kirk showed up. Well, I would just say that noon Kirk didn't show up because it wasn't that Kirk just had a terrible game. I mean, he went 31 for 30. I mean, a pretty good game, 31 for 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns. It was just – and that's what you get out of Kirk Cousins. The stats aren't going to look bad, but it's those big-time moments and the moments in the game that matter where you're like – Kirk, what are what are we doing out here, bud? I mean, it's the very end of the play. We've got fourth and eight, and we throw a check down to the two to the three yard three yards ahead. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. You know, we got to be looking at Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson only had seven catches on forty seven yards. You know, somebody's going to say, "Oh, only seven catches." What's well, Justin Jefferson? He's the best wide receiver in the league, and you're trying to scape out of the playoffs by your teeth. Yeah, he better have sixteen targets on with 12 catches. I mean, we've got to be force feeding this man, the ball TJ Hawkins had 10 receptions, 129 yards. Great game from him. Uh, Adam Thielen three for 50. A lot of people think that Adam Thielen is going to be gone in the off season. 33 years old, going to be heading there. You know, you wonder what's going to, where he's going to end up landing. If he does go somewhere else or if he's going to hang it up, he's been battling some injuries back and forth. Dalvin cook, 15 carry 60 yards, four yards of carry, nothing to write home about. I mean, this game was very close. You know, there was a lot of drama here, especially towards the end. Saquon Barkley 
you know, a lot of people had questions on him with the health and if he was going to be able to be healthy coming back. Well, I, I'm here to tell you, Saquon Barkley is all the way back. I mean, those quadzilla is strong, strong man. He was just shoving people down, pushing his way in, making stuff happen. So got to give it up. But my main man of the episode, Danny Dimes, you got to love what Danny Dimes is doing. Leading the team in rushing yards and carry. 17 carries for 78 yards, 24 for 35, 301 yards in the air, and two touchdowns. <clears throat> so Danny Dimes is putting on a clinic. I've said it on the show. He earned himself another contract. I think this is going to be a multi-year contract. They win against the Vikings in the fourth quarter late to, to win this game. Uh, and I'm fully expecting that this game against the Eagles is going to be a battle. I'll talk about that more whenever I talk with Kyler, but obviously the Giants and the Eagles will play next, and that is the three teams from the same division, the NFC Beast, that we previewed on this podcast before the season started. And I'm here for it. I mean, these teams are going to be battling it out. Jalen Hurts coming back from that shoulder injury. The Giants have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be the underdogs. They're going to have a lot of fight in them. I'm excited to watch that game. Uh, that's pretty much all I have on the Giants and the Vikings. So let me go ahead and check my handy notes here because I was looking at something else. Oh, okay, so here we go. Let's go ahead and go to the Bills and the Dolphins. Not a pretty game from Josh Allen. Josh Allen did not look great. He struggled quite a bit. You would think that the Buffalo Bills would go in and handle a third-string quarterback and Skylar Thompson, but, <clears throat> but that didn't happen. Uh, the Dolphins' defense gave – Josh Allen fits. He had two interceptions. He went 23 for 39, 352 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. It, it sounds a lot better than it looked. I mean, obviously, in that second half, they ended up pulling away a little bit, and, it, you know, it made it look, um, you know, more respectable. But, I mean, the Dolphins came back. They were down 14-0 quick, and the, the Dolphins came back, scored 17 points that second quarter, and they went toe-for-toe with the, with the Bills uh, in the second half, they end up losing the game 31-34. The Bills pull it out, but it does not give you a lot of confidence in the Buffalo Bills moving into the divisional round. A lot of people had them picked to win the Super Bowl, and now they're not even – now some people aren't even picking them to get past the next round. Let me get another drink here. I kind of think that this one uh, – yeah, I'm going to chalk this up to the Dolphins playing the Bills uh, twice already this year and so it gives well you know this season you know you people who are going to roast me it's not 2023 this season the Dolphins already played them twice so obviously there's some familiarity there we already know the tendencies of Josh Allen to turn the ball over he is not careful with the ball he's going to push the ball downfield he's going to take those shots um I, you know one of the biggest surprises for me is that how much this team relies on James Cook the guy that they just brought in, he outcarried Devin Singletary. He got the goal line carry for the touchdown. Uh, Devin Singletary had 10 for 48, James Cook 12, 39, and the, and the tutty. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, though. These guys are – the chemistry they have with Josh Allen is just phenomenal. Jo uh, Dawson Knox got the early touchdown, and then he didn't really make a lot of noise after that. But Stephon Diggs, 7 for 114, and Gabe Davis, 6 for 113 and a touchdown – 
you know, and we got to give a shout out to DeMar Hanlon. Uh, you know, obviously everyone in the world that watches football that knows anything about it has been praying for this man and his family whenever they're playing the Bengals in the last game of the regular season for them. Stopped, had to get CPR on the field multiple times. Well, DeMar is finally back. This, you know, the reports are he's back uh, reunited with the team. He was there. And I, I you know I thought that was going to be one of the reasons that they came back to win this game is getting a pep talk from the guy who, died on the football field and had to be resuscitated as a got to be a pretty good motivator. You got to, you're playing for a whole lot this season. So I think this is okay for the bills. I think that they're going to be fine moving forward. I, I don't, I'm going to look up. Uh, I had this pulled up, but I lost it. I need to see who they drew in the divisional round. I'm just going to pull up a different tab so I can uh, see that NFL divisional round 2023. Okay, here we go. So now we've got the <laughs> well, I'd... Bengals and Bills. Oh, yeah, one of the best games the next week. So I say that they're going to be fine. Uh, the Bengals uh, are another scary team out there that struggled this week. But I, I think that Josh Allen and company will at least turn things around. I don't think that they will have as much trouble with the Bengals defense as – they did with the Dolphins defense just because the familiarity there. Uh, the Dolphins got a lot to figure out in the offseason. There are some big question marks surrounding, uh, you know, obviously Tua's health, what they're going to be doing at quarterback. Um, and just the longevity of Tua. I mean, is he going to be able to play as long as he going to have to retire? I mean, what what are we looking at with Tua? And I think there's some big question marks there that no one has the answer to just yet. Now we go to the next game I'll talk about. Since I mentioned the Bengals, I'll talk about them and the Ravens. Watch most of the snaps of this game. Obviously, some, you know, rocking my Lamar jersey, Lamar Jackson jersey. Gonna get another drink of water. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you that. So that way there's not like a 15-second delay or pause in the podcast when I'm chugging my water. But obviously, I'll start since I'm showing off the Lamar jersey. I'll talk about Lamar. I, I kind of side with RG3 here. Uh, hindsight's 2020 and RG3 wished that he would have kind of stepped aside and did the right thing to take care of his health long-term before moving on and just trying to play and being part of the team. And Lamar is prioritizing his health. I do think that it hurts the contract negotiations. I think, I think we end up franchise tagging him. I don't think that we pay him the guaranteed money, at least not yet. I think the Ravens do see though, that we need Lamar to be successful. We need Lamar Jackson on our team. If we're going to make it, we were right in this game. We had a chance to take the lead after, you know, a great defensive stop. Uh, I think it was Mar – no, it was uh, Marcus Peters had a great hit, loaded, knocked the ball out. We're driving on the Bengals to take the lead. It's a tie game. Uh, Huntley had been playing incredible. I, I don't know what the play call was here. I, you know, I don't know what was told to everyone in the huddle, but what happened was Tyler Huntley, if you didn't see the play, Tyler Huntley took the snap. It was a QB sneak. He tries to go over the pile, and he tries to basically dunk the football over the line. That's what he tried to do. But whenever he tried to dunk it over the line, he got, you know, he was stopped by Bam Adebayo or Tim Duncan or Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley, and they basically swatted the football out of his hands like they were blocking a dunk. It was embarrassing to watch, and then it got even more embarrassing because – uh, Hagen picked up the ball, ran it 
all the way back, 96 yards for a fumble recovery touchdown, put the Bengals up. And then after that, it was just all the momentum was dead, completely changed the way the game was being played. The Ravens defense, though, since getting Roquan Smith is phenomenal. I mean, those guys are playing very good defense. There were a couple of moments in the secondary where, you know, Jamar Chase, second best wide receiver in the NFL, is going to do things that Jamar Chase does and get those catches. But a couple of things to sure up there, but the defense overall is just phenomenal. Um, We get down to the last second, have a chance. We throw the Hail Mary, just comes up short. I thought Sammy Watkins had a chance to to pull it out, but we missed it. If we would have won that game, it would have been a huge upset anyway. So the Bengals were also struggling against this Ravens team. But like I said, this defense is so good. I think a lot of teams would be struggling against us. Um, the thing that's going to hurt them is they were they had a couple of injured peak guys in the secondary. So I think the Bills are going to be able to take advantage of that. Where the Ravens, you know, not so much unless you have Mark Andrews, you know, running those routes like like we do. Uh, I think the Bengals and the Bills will be one of the best games of the next weekend just because those are going to be two high-powered offenses. It was sad to see the Ravens go out in the first round again, but, you know, with Lamar, maybe things are different. Maybe they're the same. Excited to see what happens in the offseason. If we can add some protection on the line or another explosive weapon as a wideout, because that's what we need is someone else to catch the ball opposite side of Bateman whenever he comes back, just get things going, open up the offense a little bit. Uh, Greg Roman's a great offensive play caller, though. I mean, the way that the the way the Ravens can still score the ball and run their offenses without Lamar it is just it's great to watch. Great to watch. <clears throat> All right, uh, next game I will go to is the San Francisco 49ers and the Seahawks. I already said it earlier, but you know Brock Purdy, big clock clock uh you know like big ben clock uh big clock brock big brock looks like a younger stetson bennett this guy you know i've i've heard i I think i've made the comment as a joke but i've heard everything from legitimately people thinking he's the next tom brady to thinking that he's trash and he's a system quarterback probably somewhere in the middle you know he's probably an average quarterback in the nfl which is like i said earlier a very good thing uh, but I will say that the 49ers are a complete team. This team has everything going for them. They have the offensive line. They run the ball down your throat with Christian McCaffrey. Now Elijah Mitchell is back. I mean, they have all the guys to do it. Debo Samuel, Brandon, Juwan Jennings. I mean, these guys are all just, you know, having days. The thing against the thing about Brock Purdy that you can't take away from him is he's making the plays at the right moments. He's, he makes the right decisions. He looked a little shaky at the beginning of this game, but then he just turned out to just, you know, sling the ball around and just look phenomenal. Couldn't be more excited with Brock Purdy and how he looks. You love the story of Mr. Irrelevant giving himself and his team a chance to win a playoff game, which they did. They kind of beat the brakes off the Seahawks 41-23. You know, in a game where Geno Smith needed to show up, needed to look good to get that contract extension to get one more year, with the Seahawks at least. And I think he did that. Um, if the Seahawks don't go, if they if they give Geno a multi-year extension, I don't think they go quarterback in the draft. But if Geno Smith only gets like a one and done, I think that they could look to add a talent. I think they have the sixth, eighth, fifth pick in the draft, somewhere through there. But I, I could see them kind of looking at going with a quarterback if that happens. Kenneth Walker, continues to look good. DK Metcalf is just 
a freak. I mean, at the beginning of that game, he was exposing the 49ers. He was shoving them down. He he got lower than the cornerback did, and he just made that man, you know, look like a fool, crumbled like a – crumbled like a crumble, crumbled like a crumble, crumbled. He crumbled. The man crumbled under DK's strength is what I mean to say because DK DK strong, strong like bull. Um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously great, 15 carries, 119 yards. Debo Samuel, six catches, 133 yards. Debo, three rushes for 32. Brock Purdy, four rushes, 16 yards. Got the rushing touchdown. Threw three touchdowns, rushed for one. You got to – I mean, you just can't fault the kid. I mean, this 49ers team looks so good. To me, they have to be the favorites. I still see a lot of people saying Eagles and uh, Bengals. Eagle, Eagles, Bengals, Eagles – Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. And I mean, you just cannot write off this 49ers team with how solid they look. And if Brock Purdy can remain that composure and keep calm like he has been, I mean, I don't see how they don't make it to the Super Bowl. So I think I actually made it through all the games here. Let me check my notes, see what all great things I missed. Uh, Gino will get another shot. I, I think that, you know, obviously. They're going to give him the, the one-year contract at least, but he'll be the starter in 2023. I think that Drew Locke is basically irrelevant at this point. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I look to see Geno get another shot. Herbert, still a top quarterback. I, you know, I said that question about the question with the Chargers is what's going to happen with Brandon Staley. I think he stays a coach. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. I do think that this is probably the best team on paper, like I've said so many times, and they just continue to fall short in these games. It was Justin Herbert's first game in the playoffs, so there's plenty of room to grow, tons of room to grow. Uh, one of the questions I had was why Justin, Justin Jefferson was so quiet. I'm sure that Kirk Cousins got an earful from him, wanting to prove to everyone that he was going to be the best wide receiver in football after this year, which everyone believes, but it's still tough, uh, you know, whenever your best, whenever the best wide receiver in the league only has seven catches for 47 yards. It's never a good sign. Uh, Tom Brady is stat about tonight. It's Tom Brady for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a hundred. He has 123 touchdown passes in three years, the most in franchise history. I think he's two over Jameis Winston now, and he joined the team when he was over 40 years old. So just incredible stats, just doing incredible things by the best quarterback to ever play the game. I'm gonna. I can say that openly on this podcast. Sorry to burst your bubble, guys, but y'all are not here, so I will go ahead and uh, say that on the podcast because it's it's how it is. So uh, you know, I had a, a totem pole for Kyler and I tonight, but that didn't happen. I think I broke down all the games. I'm excited to to go through all the games next week with Kyler. Before I get out of here, I will just give an update on the NFL playoff picture. So next week we do have Kansas City versus the Jaguars. Uh, we have the Bills and the Bengals. We have San Francisco versus the Giants. And we have the Eagles versus Tampa Bay. So, you know, we'll get our predictions and, and everything on who's going to be in the Super Bowl whenever Kyler and I do the next episode. Let me make sure I had that right. Jaguars and Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, San Francisco and Cowboys. I'm sorry. San Francisco and the Cowboys versus Philadelphia and the Giants. So that's that's how it goes. Philadelphia and the Giants battling out for the NFC Beast. Uh, Dallas and San Francisco getting the rematch. Kansas City and the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars, if you throw four touchdowns, you're going to get beat by 30 points. And then the Bills and the Bengals. So it should be a fun divisional round of football, guys. Thanks so much for 
sticking with me through this. I hope I hope I at least made you laugh once. I hope that uh, this wasn't too much of a struggle to listen to. If you listen to it, shoot me a text, shoot me a message on Twitter. Let me know what you thought. And uh, with that, I hope everyone has a great week. Thanks so much for listening.